what day it is, but we do know it's time for another episode of Real True Facts, the realest, truest podcast out there. I'm Barbara Eden. And I am John Cheever. Not that one. Hey, John. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Hello again. Uh, you know, I was thinking we should probably begin the show before we get any farther. Uh, begin it with a disclaimer. I think this episode is not suitable for children or those faint of heart. Right. Unless you want to educate your children uh, regarding the truth and the facts of the world. Um, but I think it is safe to say that um, if you're you know, faint of heart, if you're uh, likely to faint or uh, die from hearing yeah. scary, spooky things, um, this is just a friendly disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking about poltergeist today. It is a very scary episode. Sometimes we do the spooky stuff, but uh, I don't think we've ever done anything that is truly scary. And so I think this is going to be that show today. So we are talking all about poltergeists. Yes, those poltergeists, those moody little ghosts. They like to throw things around and poke you and make your furniture float. Uh, that is uh, what we're going to get into today. Yeah, I, I think uh, our audience, uh, our listeners and viewers really do like the, the spooky stuff. And so uh, I think there are uh, it has its place and uh, it's a good time to talk about, you know, uh, this uh, specific type of ghost entity. Um, you know, maybe we'll figure out uh, what to call it later in this episode. Yeah, we'll figure all that out. Ask and you shall receive. Listeners, we are here for you today. We're going to do some scary poltergeists. So this week we do have a, a really interesting guest, uh, the medium Miss Eleanor Darkness. Um, you've probably heard of her. Um, she's one of the uh, the, the most prolific uh, mediums, media mediums in uh, the U.S. and uh, likely the world. I can't necessarily speak for that because I haven't been in a lot of other places discussing ghosts. Well, we are very lucky to have her today. I know she has assisted on many high-profile cases in Southern California. Uh, she's assisted with law enforcement. Sometimes when they need help on uh, cold cases, they will bring in mediums to um, uh, assist in that and, and solve those cases. Um, she is a skilled essayist as well. Oh, wow. I, I, I didn't know that. I knew she wrote things, but I didn't necessarily know, you know about essays. So. Uh, that that does sound extra interesting. It does. We'll talk a few uh, about a few of her essays uh, with Great. her. Fortunately, we have Dr. Seymour here this week to hopefully give us that uh, that scientific foundation. You know, before we delve into uh, into the paranormal. That's always good. We're happy to have him back again this week. Right, but first. And now it's time for real true fiction. So this is an, a new segment, uh, and what we really uh, – this goes back to our ongoing public service uh, that we do to, to separate what's true and what's not for folks. And uh, uh, one common phrase uh, that uh, I use for this is hiding in plain sight. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of fictional works that uh, we don't know which parts are true and which parts aren't. So first of all, you may remember a, a little movie called Back to the Future and its sequel, Back to the Future 2. Um, you know, while tr time travel itself is fairly ridiculous, the hoverboards, as seen in uh, Back to the Future Part 2, everyone knew they were real. And then uh, 
uh, the, the film industry and the government tried to tell us they weren't real, even though we had them right there on screen. Mm. And um, and uh, the name even came back more recently with uh, things with wheels being called hoverboards. But uh, mm. as it turns out, it's a fact that hoverboards have and do exist. Do you think the ones with wheels, that was sort of like an attempt at rebranding to get people to not pay attention to the real hoverboards? Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, there, there were Segway there. They basically said, let's take the, the handle off a of Segway mm-hmm. and uh, keep keep people forgetting about the real hoverboards. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got one, too, if we're talking about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie District 9. OK. That is also something that the government is trying to cover up. Uh, bug aliens. They're real and they are here. And if you get infected, you become one. It's happening now. I mean, just I mean, look at all the bugs we have in the world. Look at the more the the murder hornets. Sure. I think they're big yeah. because they used to be people. Right. That stuff doesn't just magically appear. It doesn't it doesn't come out of a, a vacuum. No. Um, so that's that's a really interesting example. Um, you know, district people think, oh, well, that's a, little, a bit outlandish and, and strange. Maybe it's a metaphor or something mm-hmm. but as it turns out yeah that's i like that and that's really interesting yeah um uh, i have another one for you and, mm-hmm. and you know we definitely have the hollywood uh, uh feel this week uh, because hollywood's a, a great propaganda machine uh, yeah. but uh, have you heard of the uh, film armageddon i think i've seen it a few times right so uh you know it's part of the, the disaster series but uh, the government uh, would, uh, you know, fictionalize the case and would uh, lead us to believe that it's only fiction, that they use ragtag teams of miners to uh, shoot out into space and uh, destroy um, comets. Mm-hmm. They would want you to believe that that's fiction, right. but uh, we're here to tell you that it's not. It's one of their greatest tools in their arsenal. Well, you know the saying, oh, you can't write that stuff. <laughs> they can't. You can't write that stuff. Right. They How would didn't. they know to write it if it wasn't true? Yeah, we know those those Hollywood uh, movie makers and creative types. They can't come up with something like that. Yeah, now you know they're not they're sitting around in a room being like, "Oh, you know, it'd be cool if they blew up a comet." It's like that's I don't know. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool if you know? How about reality? Yeah, no one ever starts a sentence with "Wouldn't it be cool if?" It's like it either is or it isn't. Like, come on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, keeping with the space thing, um, okay. I'm just gonna throw that one out there. Apollo thirteen. Okay. Okay. Good space movie, I believe. Yeah, it is a good space movie. I know that it was a dramatic, a dramatization of the actual Apollo 13 mission. They were supposed mm-hmm. to go to the moon, but they didn't because an oxygen tank exploded uh, two days into the mission. They ended up looping around the moon and coming home. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, in the movie, they fixed the leak with duct tape. Okay. Yes, I, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And I believe that uh, the trueness of all of that is that NASA depends on duct tape for all kinds of critical functions, but they hide it. Okay. You know what? When we reveal these truths, it's like, you know, it just, the pieces fall into place and you Mm -hmm. go, Oh, you just, that that sigh of, of knowing and knowledge of so much sense. Why didn't I think of that before? Yeah. They want us to think it's all these smart scientists and engineers hanging out, building these really cool things with solar panels and telescopes and all this stuff. But really, it's all just held together with duct tape. 
Yeah. And that totally makes sense when you say it. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, I have a third one here. I'll bring it back down to earth. Yeah. Uh, the Fast and the Furious series. Uh, there have been, I don't know how many, a dozen of these movies now. And every single one of them is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, not unlike Armageddon. And that's a, a really uh, devious tactic that Hollywood Hollywood uses to make us think that that street racers make excellent secret agents. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they? They know how to drive fast. They can get away from stuff. They have street cred. They can move. Right. They're agile. They're nimble. They're almost always, not almost always, they're always good, look, good looking, which we learned last week makes yeah. you more trustworthy. If you are good looking, we trust you. Right. So uh, the government does utilize street racers frequently to infiltrate uh, other gangs, other organizations, mm-hmm. crime, um, you name it. They're using street racers to infiltrate. Yeah, they are using really good looking people to get these jobs done. Um, and case in point, the last one I have today is mm-hmm. Gattaca. You okay. look at good looking people, you can't look past genetic engineering. Right. That is real. You know, if we just look at our own bodies, that's all the proof we need. Like the appendix, the appendix used to have a purpose, but it sure. doesn't anymore. It's been made obsolete through science. And just like in the movie, like Ethan Hawke did, he wanted to transform himself into a better person. You literally have to transform yourself into a better person. Like, I I think everyone was okay with how they looked until that movie came out. And then after that, everyone was like, well, I can have surgery for this. I can elongate my shins, which I think actually was the the first instance of shin elongation was shown in that movie. So it's it's like a documentary. So the, the government or uh, the powers that be, uh, the government and uh, some of the organizations, don't want us to realize that to better yourself, you have to physically better yourself? Yeah. They don't wow. want us to know. They want you to feel okay with who you are and what a load of crap that is. If you're not happy, you can change whatever you want. Wow. Wow. That Again, it's uh, like the veil is being lifted. Yeah. Wake up. So we were talking about poltergeists today and Mm -hmm. just a little background on that word. Uh, I don't want to step on Dr. Seymour's toes. We'll bring him in a little bit. But, you know, I did my own little research here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Poltergeist is a German word for noisy ghost. Um, Uh, Okay. Yeah. And they have been here since the dawn of time. I like to think that poltergeists are like the toddler ghosts because they tend to throw tantrums and be very volatile. Um, there is some thought that people think that poltergeists cause memory lapses or daydreams. So if you're feeling super spacey, it's probably ghosts. And I tend to blame all of my shortcomings on ghosts anyway. So, um, that works out for me. There have been very famous cases of poltergeists like the Bell Witch of Tennessee, which inspired the Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. The, The Einfeld poltergeist and the Amityville Horror. Those are also really popular movies as well, which, as we know from the last segment, movies are always true. Uh, But I think my favorite is Jeff the Talking Mongoose, which is also an instance of a poltergeist. Now, I have to admit, I am not familiar with that one. Yeah. So (laughs) Jeff, which was spelled G-E-F, Jeff. So is this in Canada or, or something? It was in the Isle of Man. Okay, so I assume that's the same it's, thing as Canada. Yeah, it's Gaelic. Yeah, I, if it's not the United States, uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> assuming it's probably Canada or 
Yeah, that's uh, okay. I'm with yeah. you. I follow. So Jeff, the the yeah. mongoose. Jeff, the talking mongoose. It was a uh, mongoose in uh, the 1930s named Jeff, and this family of farmers believed that this mongoose was talking to them and giving them all sorts of information, uh, helping sure. them wake up in the morning. Uh, and we actually have a quote from Jeff that they said that Jeff told them, mm-hmm. I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone or a pillar of salt. Okay. Wow. So almost uh, biblical uh, talking mongoose. Yeah, ghost. I mean the, the mongoose came with a, a threat. Yeah, and it's uh, and that's hard to say if hands and feet. So maybe it was a human poltergeist inside of a mongoose. Well, you know, these are more. Of these questions are adding up. Yeah, for, there could uh, be for, possessions. Um, yeah, Doctor Seymour and uh, Miss Eleanor Darkness. Yes. Um, you know these interspecies uh, ghosts and, and everything. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a cool uh, definition and, and uh, primer. Um, Maybe we should try and look into the. Should we try and look into the science of this? We should right now. Do we have to bring in Doctor Seymour? Do you, oh, yeah. do you need to hack the? Here we go. Hacking the mainframe. I got I got nervous for a second. There. I, sorry, I there's a bit of a lag down in the bunker. Okay, you should be here, Doctor Seymour. Are you here? I I am here. It's good oh. to hear from you, John and Barbara. That's a relief. I was worried for a second. Yeah, yeah, especially with the bunker lag, as you know, we call it in in the business. Thick walls. Uh, right. Um. Yeah, a lot of concrete. Dr. Seymour, so we're talking about poltergeist this week, and and as you may have heard, Barbara had some interesting definitions to get us started. Um, You know, so, I mean, while she says it's, uh, you know, a kind of ghost, what, I mean, maybe we should backtrack even further. What is, scientifically speaking, what is a a ghost anyway? Well, a ghost um, falls under the, the realm of what we would traditionally call parapsychology. And I do have PhDs in psychology and parapsychology. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So um, it is a, um, an unknown, or excuse me, a, a not unknown, I'm comfortable with that, unknown um, psychic phenomenon that um, relates to a person's physical, mental, emotional, or sexual experiences. Okay. And um, something that is not necessarily perceived by all people in the same way, um, but can be sensed by one or more persons. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's clear as day now. Yeah. So, yeah, and it seems like perception is, is a big part of this. So I'm really glad we have a medium on today mm-hmm. uh, because I personally can't perceive a poltergeist that I'm aware of uh, in a, you know, an, an effective uh, or efficient way. So, so you've that, never had an encounter? I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where I, I'm not sure because I haven't uh, developed that, uh, that communication. So, yeah. it's, you know, I, I've ha- certainly had my... I would say fair share, but even greater than a fair share, like a substantial share of uh, weird stuff. Yeah. Um, well, well, maybe so, we can ask um, Eleanor how we can develop those abilities within ourselves. If in fact you do want to make contact. Right. That's, that's a good question in itself. Yeah. Right. I'm really, sorry, really interested to hear from Eleanor as well as, as from the scientific perspective to, to learn a, a little bit more about how to, how to um, 
record the data that would be useful for the scientific community. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah, and the data good, collection is a huge a part question. of science, yeah. Right. So, I mean, we keep talking about her. Why don't we? Why don't we just bring her on? Huh? I know. We're just like, man, I can't wait till she gets here. It's like, man, she's already here. Uh, so, why don't we welcome Eleanor Darkness? Um, I'll just say our guest today really needs no introduction. Um, like we said earlier, she has assisted on many high-profile cases all over the country. Uh, her essay on psychic closure after death inspired the Jennifer Love Hewitt TV show Ghost Whisperer. So please give us uh, a real true facts welcome to Eleanor Darkness. Salutations, my children. Hello, great to have you. Uh, this is exciting to uh, speak to a real medium. Uh, first, I, I have to, I'll be selfish. Uh, plural of medium, is it media or mediums? Medii. Medii. Oh, medii. Uh, we refer to it as medii, yes, yes. But there are many other names that we can go by. Okay, yeah, you guys Yeah, seem like a pretty down-to-earth, flexible group. Yeah. It, I, you don't seem like you get offended if someone used the wrong uh, kind of plural but, uh, As okay. a matter of fact, I do take offense to the term down to earth. I like to think that I'm far more ethereal. Um, I travel through many earths, but yes, as, uh, as you are trying to ensue, I do allow for many names to encompass my being. That's a good point. I apologize yeah, for that. That's, I, that's a good point. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'll try and keep, I, I'll apologize ahead of time. I, I do not, I certainly do not mean offense. Uh, you know, I'm just a little uh, old fashioned and, and uh, still have a lot of learning to do. That's why you're here, right? Uh, yes, we are, I am I'm here to teach everyone. Thank you, John, for your apology, but I'm also here to educate. So consider that your first lesson. Uh, we are all Great. students. So. Great. I'm already learning. This is exciting. Uh, so Eleanor, thank you for joining us today. Um, we really just want to walk through what it means to be a medium because we're talking about ghosts. We're talking about making contact, but I know a medium uh, has to do and correct me if I'm wrong with, with bringing the messages from the other side to the world of the living in order to communicate something from someone who has passed. Am I, yes. am I correct in that assumption? Yes, yes, Barbara, you are, you're very accurate in your assumption there. Um, I, I live for bringing messages both from the beyond and from the current to the beyond. I just, I, I am one to communicate. Okay, so that's a good point. Yeah, so it's not necessarily from the, the beyond, uh, only one direction. It's not just the beyond uh, back here, but it's also, you know, here to the beyond. Yes, as uh, as I hope that your um, you and your family members have experienced in my delightful television show that is based after my life, Ghost Whisperer, mm -hmm. I communicate with humans to tell them what the beyond says to them, but simultaneously what the humans need to say to the beyond. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if so, I had something that I needed to say to a loved one that it passed on, you would be able to communicate that message to them? If they are open to it, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so going uh, kind of uh, uh, piggybacking on Dr. Seymour's question, um, are there ways to kind of record these communications, um, or what's what's the best way to kind of uh, keep track of them and you know uh, maybe record them or analyze them for future uh, use or um, you know something like that? I am a strong supporter of journaling. Journaling is a very very unique tool when it comes to um, uh, communicating with the beyond. Um, there's a lot of uh, 
script that you receive from the beyond that manifests in your journal and that is a wonderful way of documentation um but it also really helps if you're very high when it happens mm. So, yeah, I like the idea of the uh, traditional old fashioned, you can call it old fashioned, but I think it's still a current way of just writing things down because you don't have interference from things yeah. like tape recorders. And well, I know um, there's like automatic writing where you just yeah. like scribble and then the spirit flows through you and, and they give you the messages that way. Yes. Uh, scryering is what we refer to it. Um, okay. Yes, um, you, you are a squire to the medium world, um, so we refer to it as squiring. Mm -hmm. To the medium world, that makes that makes sense. <laughs> so, so what, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say so, uh, and uh, Barbara mentioned you were an essayist. So, I mean, does that mean a lot of a lot of your writings then become essays, or um, you know, is that how that that generally works? Is that where your essays come from? Uh, from this uh, journaling or scryering? Yes, if you will actually look, uh, many of my doctoral uh, pieces, I credit the people from the beyond that have influenced said writing. So there are a lot of co-authors on a lot of my doctoral work because okay. I, I have um, the influence of others who are helping to elevate my education to those around me. So we should actually be calling you Dr. Eleanor Darkness. I prefer Miss. I am still single. Oh, okay. You know, she got to got to put that out hey, out there somehow, know. right? Do I mean, what you got to do. I, you know, that's what I would do if I could. But um, uh, I don't have a lot of company down here in, in the bunker. Hey, get, but, get it where uh, you can. That's what I say. Um, Miss Eleanor, I do want to ask, um, because we know all about your credentials and all of the wonderful work that you've done, but for those out there that maybe – don't know what it really means to be an, a medium. Can you take us through uh, maybe, I guess, maybe your origin story or just an instance that made you think, oh man, like I'm a medium. Like I, I have to use these gifts. Like what is an instance of that, that you can, um, can you tell us? I mean, there were many instances within my childhood that gave me an inkling to my connection. But it wasn't until my teen years after puberty things really became apparent. Um, I have been in the profession for 13 years now, but as I've learned throughout my profession, many other lifetimes have I actually participated in this connection to the spiritual world. Um, but roughly 13 years ago, I was on a family trip and I snuck off with my younger brother and we spoke some reefer. And when I came back, to the hotel room, I realized that we were on sacred ground and that there had been many other lives that had lived there. And suddenly I was having conversations with other individuals who had uh, partaken in inhabiting that particular place. Mm -hmm. So that was one experience then. After that experience, you you had greater than an inkling. You, you, you realized, okay, I'm a medium and I want to explore this gift and actually uh, develop it and, and use it uh, for uh, the greater good. Yes, yes. After that one particular instance, I realized that I had to start communicating with the other realm and finding other various means of doing so. And that is when I started traveling to the many graveyards within our community so that I could 
sit and spend the afternoon journaling. And that is when I realized that I had the power to become a squire. And from there, uh, many other turns and twists uh, developed, but those were two main catalysts mm-hmm. in my younger years. Did that scare you at all? I know that the times, because I have had some ghostly encounters, the times that I have encountered those ghosts and, and knowing that I can speak to these things have terrified me. Did that scare you at all when you first had that encounter? Oh, goodness, no. As I mentioned, I grew up with a younger brother. He scared the crap out of me growing up. Anything to deal with the afterlife was much, much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was an only child, so I'm actually a pretty jumpy person. I didn't really have anybody to, to run interference off of. So... Uh, this kind of uh, it reminds me of the the question uh, we brought up earlier. Um, uh, can you develop these skills, or you know, maybe uh, or sharpen them? Um, so you know, since your first experience, do you feel like you've you've honed these skills further? Uh, you know, through these thirteen years, and and uh, or do you feel like it? it uh, you know, once it once it's on, it's something you can't really learn. It's just a you know a gift. With any practice of any muscle that you use, there is a repetition that you can help to grow said muscle. Um, however, as I said, smoking reefer, real key way of like dialing in. Um, so I've, I've talked to many people that after their smoke, first time smoking weed, they get extremely paranoid. But if you lean into that, it's actually other worlds pressing down on you, trying to infiltrate you. So if you can learn to live through the paranoia, you can actually have a very graceful interaction. So, yeah, that really goes back to Native. I mean, Native Americans have used uh, uh, mind alter, you know, peyote and even the uh, uh, the marijuana throughout the years to open up to, to new worlds. And now we have some of the, the more recent generations speaking on MDMA and, and uh, some other chemicals that's, you know, to that expand your mind and open up your mind to, to new experiences. So it sounds like this is uh, is a bit in tune with that, and it's a way to uh, kind of uh, uh, bring down the defenses and your normal uh, just uh, human uh, wall that you put up uh, to kind of let spirits in and out. Well, I, I know after a couple of drinks, I'm like seeing auras and stuff, so that might have something to do with it. <laughs> okay. Um, I, yeah, I, I have personally, yeah. Another um, alternative to marijuana is that I've noticed the younger generation has started using sage, and sage is a delightful way to hotbox a room to really drive in those energies. But please, please use white sage. Black sage only brings in the darkness, and you do not, you do not want that. Okay, so is this sage? Is this the same sage that you cook with? I, I'm, I apologize for my ignorance. I'm really not. I, I'm not familiar with the sage. Is this? Yes. Is this- yes. And uh, it, it is the same sage that you cooked with. And I have a delicious pumpkin pasta recipe that I can send to you that utilizes sage. However, it is also a dried out version that you can ignite and it causes a wonderful swell of white smoke. We okay, okay, that makes sense. And and uh, as you, you know, our, our our viewers and listeners know, we do love recipes. Yes, those scones that Lauren J sent us, those mm-hmm. were fantastic. So please we, send us recipes. We love those. Yeah, we do love uh, uh, recipes on on real true facts. And uh, speaking of recipes, maybe we should. Uh, that's 
I guess it's not speaking of recipes at all, but I would say <laughs> right now might be a, a time for a quick break to take a breathe. I need a, I guess what I'm saying is I need a breather after all this talk of uh, food. Sure. Let's take a quick little break. We'll come back with more of acclaimed medium, Eleanor Darkness, and our science guru, Dr. Seymour. We're back after that quick break. I uh, needed to get that little rest in after talk of recipes. Um, but this week we're talking about poltergeists uh, with our medium, Miss Eleanor Darkness, and of course our uh, resident in-house science expert, Dr. Seymour. Um, so, you know, we we're talking about developing these uh, these skills and, it, and it's almost like muscle memory. Um, but I am going to kind of um, circumvent uh you know, normal uh, podcast rules and mention something that, you know, was, that was talked about off air. Uh, Barbara and uh, Eleanor were talking about some kind of story about a hotel or something. And I, I have no idea what this is. So I'm just going to bring it right up because I'm, I'm so curious. Oh yeah. Um, are you oh, comfortable sharing that? Uh, I don't know what it is you're sharing um, uh, Miss Eleanor, but uh, I, I'm so curious. I, I'd like to know if that's possible. So yes. Um, as, uh, as we've been mentioning poltergeist, there are many different variations to what a poltergeist is, whether it be an apparition, a bogey, a banshee, a demon, a doppelganger, spiritual being, hobgoblin. There are many different manifestations. And to do with this uh, hotel experience that I had as of late, I was on my latest book tour. I was traveling around town and my VW bus broke down. And I had to take up a residence for the evening in a abandoned hotel. It wasn't entirely abandoned. There was the one still gentleman there. He was the caretaker of the grounds and he offered me a room for the night, but he made it very well known that I was the only entity that was staying there. Hmm. He had mentioned that throughout the years that there had been a couple of different ghost hunters that had come through. Obviously he saw the side of my van that's very beautifully spray painted with my face on it, holding my latest book. Oh, cool. Yes, it is very rock and roll. And uh, yes, so he mentioned that there have been many different people who have come through and have mentioned and to do investigations. And at the time I was standing there, I felt no inkling. And I thought that it was written up to, you know, roadside, uh, hick sort of uh, culture. And as I was led to my room, I began feeling a sensation that I had never felt before. It was something that was very foreign to me. Mm. And um, so I was being led up to my room and there were four separate structures on the property. There was the main house and then there was what was clear used to be the carriage house and the service quarters and all these things had been made up um, at one point in time to be a hotel. But at this point, it had been very decrepit and very, like, you know, just demolished in, in the natural sense. He took me up to the second floor, which I thought was very unsafe, but nonetheless, we climbed the stairs. He led me into my room. So as I'm sitting there and I'm putting my hair into rollers and I have on my beautiful vintage nightgown and I'm sitting there watching the cooking channel, uh, um, sure. suddenly, suddenly, the TV goes to maximum volume and cuts off. And it was very startling. But then the roar of the most monstrous AC unit began to echo throughout the room. And 
I've never been approached with such animosity before. Everything has always been from such a, a positive standpoint, but there was just such venom behind the emotions that I was feeling. Right. Such so venom behind this air conditioner, right? My goodness. And the roar that it let out was something that I, I yelped. I yelped for myself. But I, I took a deep breath and I reminded myself that if something needs to contact me, it'll find a way to do so. And I need to adjust myself to allow for the contact. But nothing ever came. As I'm laying there in my curlers attempting to fall asleep, the roar of the air conditioner ceases. And that began to startle me. But I didn't have a chance to come to full startleization until the armoire began shaking as if there was an entity inside. And at that point, I said, oh, no, 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 no. And I put on my Fredericks of Hollywood little slippers, and I flung open the door, and I went running down to the caretaker's cottage, and I began banging on the door, and I said, I am not putting up with this. I don't know what kind of hoax this hotel is putting on, but this is not okay, because no entity has actually attempted to contact me. They're merely scaring me, and this is not acceptable. So the caretaker comes downstairs, and as he is walking back to my hotel room, he begins to explain to me that the hotel has recently been bought by some Haitians and that they are oh. trying to implement their beliefs on everything and it is not going over well and I was startled by this information because I could not believe that such spiritual people would be going about this in such a harmful manner and not communicating with the spirits instead just trying to push upon their religion and that was that was very startling information to me so when so you go the- back up so the new owners, instead of working with the entities, they were trying to push it out, and they were receiving some negative feedback from the ghosts. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Precisely. And I am a very communicative person. I believe that communities need to work together in order for the best outcome. And hearing this very abrasive approach was very startling to me. He walks me back up to the room. He double checks the armoire. There's nothing inside of it. It was very unsettling. I felt for the first time as if I was crazy. And I know for a fact that cannot be the truth. Oh, you're a doctor. Precisely. Miss, please call me Miss. Miss, Miss doctor. (laughs) And so the caretaker leaves and I began to settle down and I almost began to chuckle at the entire scenario. But that's when I began to hear the voices both in the room next door to me, which again, he has made quite clear that I'm the only person here. And that is when I look over and I see the mingling group of individuals that all have hollow sunken faces. And remember, I'm in a very small town. You know, there's, there's not much going on here. So I see a group of individuals that are talking very quickly and have very sunken faces. And I'm very, very just like put off by the entire scenario. And I force myself to go to sleep. And the next thing I know, it's morning, the birds are chirping, everything is beautiful. And as I pack my belongings and I load up my VW bus with my beautiful face airbrushed on the side, that is when I start to see all the hoodoo and voodoo artifacts that are around the hotel. Wow. And so, yes, it was, it was incredibly jarring because I still, as a professional, cannot chalk up to what the entire scenario meant but I definitely did some journaling. And as I was doing the journaling post haste um, at the coffee shop down the street, there was um, a young girl who appeared in the journaling and she told me, please never return. This is not a safe place. Wow. 
after the fact, many years later, I did uh, have a colleague whom I was recounting uh, this uh, the story to, and he he himself is a paranormal investigator, and he is the one to get involved in the knickknacks and the technology and whatnot. And I would have, I would say that he has encountered quite a few interesting things. But he went back to the hotel and he did his own investigation, and he said it was one of the most active uh, uh, locations that he had ever been a part of. Uh, Paul Roberts of Ghost Watch Paranormal. Uh, that's interesting that you you bring up the technology. I'd like to ask Dr. Seymour about the um, the thoughts behind that technology. What what do those because we hear about like ghost meters and and EVP recordings? Like Dr. Seymour, what is that actually uh, recording? What is the technology behind that, and how can that help us understand something like a poltergeist better? Well, there's, there's several different technologies, and all of them are about sensing what is outside of our, our normal senses. So when we look on the sky in a, after a, a rainy day when the sun comes out, we see the beautiful colors of the rainbow. But beyond that are ultraviolet and, below, and infrared. Um, and those are, um, those are types of electromagnetic radiation that our eyes cannot sense but can be picked up by meters and um, levels of energy that we have connected to but cannot prove are directly a result of ghosts, phantoms, poltergeists, spirits, specters, etc. Um, similarly, there is um, both volumes and um, in terms of decibels, but also frequencies and wavelengths of sound above and below the sonic, supersonic, subsonic sounds that we can connect similarly. That makes sense. So it seems like we use these tools that, uh, you know, uh, things our eyes can't see. We use uh, video cameras or still cameras, and that's why we have, you know, photos of uh, ghosts or, or spirits. And then we use audio recorders um, to capture sounds that our ears can't hear uh, at the time and then analyze them later and look at them later. So that's, uh, I'm beginning to kind of understand, uh, you know, it goes back to perception. We're using these tools to perceive things that the, the human body can't quite perceive. I'll ask Eleanor and I'll ask Dr. Seymour, um, why are the spirits here? What do they want from us? Do they mean to scare us so much? Because so many of these stories, people are just terrified. What is the purpose of that? Uh, Dr. Shima, I'll let you go first. Um, there's, there's lots of different um, understandings in the field of parapsychology. Carl Jung, um, who's a famous psychologist, goes back and was, was a colleague of Freud's, was one of the first to to bring the paranormal beliefs into the mainstream. And it was about an explanation for the unexplainable. People have always looked to the heavens for one of those explanations. And in this case, it's, a, it's about making once, once a being reaches that understanding, crying out with the answer to share with others. That is a very astute observation. I very much like that, uh, that medical uh, insight. Um, in, my, in my understanding and my experience, it is that people are just far too paranoid to let that 
uh, realm open up into positivity and people need to give in to that sense of fear in order to understand the positive expensive outcome. So it's almost as if, uh, you know, they reach, uh, why are they, you know, what are they doing and why it's, well, they get there and they're just trying to communicate. It sounds like, you know, it's almost uh, like the question, well, well, what are we doing here? That's a, that's a, that's a pretty big whopper. That's a deep one. <laughs> right? That's a, that's a big juicy one. And, you know, so the, the ghosts, I think maybe they don't know and we don't know, but I think a, a good uh, explanation is, you know, what we're experiencing is them trying to communicate and sometimes it scares the bejesus out of us. And sometimes if maybe you're more attuned or comfortable, you, you know, it, you just say, oh, geez, they're, they're trying to tell me they're dead. You another, know? another way is that um, those of the other realm are accustomed to their normalities as human beings. And so a lot of times when you do have an interaction, it's going to be in a place like a mall or something where the entities are just going back to what they know. Mm-hmm. Just right. Just like a human. We, you know, mm-hmm. we do what we know. We... They're just repeating actions that they've done before. Um, I agree with you on that. I have only had one ghost encounter and I believe it was multiple ghosts trying to tell me something. And I think, I was there maybe, excuse me, as someone who uh, was able to listen to their message and help them either cross over or they knew I was someone that would actually listen. I think a lot of people, like we've said, have been closed off to messages. And I think in that particular time, I was open to receive the message. And so I was just sort of bombarded. It's like when you're alone for so long and you finally find someone to talk to, it's like you're just word vomiting. You want to tell them everything. That is exactly right. Yeah. Sure. So one thing I, I want to maybe take a, a look at is, uh, you know, poltergeists in the media and, uh, you know, television and film, uh, because that seems to be one of the, the biggest outlets, you know, that uh, exposure. And so I'd like to get, um, you know, Miss Eleanor uh, Darkness's take on what, you know, maybe what's real and what isn't. Uh, that's a big part of real true facts, you know, uh, what's fiction and, and what's fact. Um, so I'm, I think that'll, you know, maybe we should take a look at that after a quick break. Yeah, we'll take a little break. We'll be right back with more Eleanor Darkness. We are back again with our guest, Eleanor Darkness, a famous, uh, incredibly gorgeous medium. Uh, she is here today talking about her experiences with the other side and how it pertains to our topic today of poltergeist. So um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about what um, instances in, in film and TV, multimedia uh, could be real as far as the depictions of ghosts yeah. and the paranormal. I think that's really important, you know, because we it's probably what we're most familiar with, uh, you know, the most exposure we've had. And we need uh, the experts uh, like yeah. uh, Miss Eleanor Darkness and, and Dr. Seymour to help, uh, help wade us through these waters and guide us to the, the truth. Um, you know, I'll start right off the top, you know, uh, the movie Poltergeist, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I mean, it seems real enough to me, uh, you know, in simple terms, Miss Eleanor, yay or nay? Yay. Absolutely yay. Southern California it. is just steaming. 
mm-hmm. knew it. It seemed too visceral to to be uh, uh, fictional. This is this is very true. However, um, for as real as the movie Poltergeist is, mm-hmm. it is um, vaguely based on another film called The Entity, um, which is about a horribly uh, aggressive entity that terrorized a family in Culver City uh, back in the seventies. Oh, and that yes. uh, and what you're saying is that actually happened, didn't it? Yes, that is 100% a factual um, case. Um, One of my mentors uh, who has worked closely with the FBI for years um, worked with the professor that created the chamber that caught the entity. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a whole, uh, that's a whole episode in itself, uh, kind of uh, law enforcement, um, you know, um, we need to take a note of that. uh, Yeah, we do. Yes, all the very married men in law enforcement. Yes, we can talk about that for days. Sure. We'll we'll find you a boyfriend one of these days. Uh, I want to ask, I know Amityville is true. Um, I know that um, the uh, exorcism of Emily Rose, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yes, but her name was actually Emily Ross. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yep, and it, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing it just uh, it was a, either a copyright thing or they just thought it wouldn't be as popular. You know, who's yeah. are you gonna who? What, what's more? What are more people gonna see? Right, Emily Rose or Emily Ross? Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. A, a very, Everyone has a really good name these days. Right. Um, uh, go ahead. Sorry. And then uh, I want to ask though, like a franchise like the Annabelle franchise. So, uh, so Annabelle, we're talking about the, uh, the doll, correct? Yeah, the doll. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. A, I don't know if it's a haunted doll or a possessed doll, but it seems like it, this doll shows up at all these, you know, in all these places, yeah. and bad things happen. Um, yes. So, what um, Ed and Lorraine uh, Warren have gone through as far as the Annabelle um, manifestation is uh, quite jarring. I mean, as we all know, Ed and Lorraine were some of the most in-tuned uh, individuals when it comes to um, paranormal activity. Um, it was it was quite a lot for them to deal with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of in-tune, I was my next question was actually going to be about the Warrens, and uh, you uh, read my mind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the Warrens. Then you you already answered my question. They are um, not only. Um, uh, you know, the real deal, but uh, they're in fact uh, uh, pillars in the, in the field is what you're saying. Yes, uh, they are. They are undisputable, just like wonderful, wonderful people that truly have a gift within within themselves. Okay. Wow. All right. So I, I want to put something to Dr. Seymour. Are you still with us? Yeah, I'm right here. Yes. So, um, so I'm just going to almost almost like a hypothetical. So, I, you know, I'm going to hire you uh, to conduct an experiment um, and I, I come to you as not, you know, I know you're not a, an exorcist or, a, you know, that that type. And I say, listen, I have this uh, possessed or haunted doll that keeps showing up where people die, where houses become haunted, poltergeists appear. Um you know, and I'm like, listen, I don't believe in all this mumbo jumbo. I want science to tell me what's actually going on. Um, what, you know, what might be your first step as far as, you know, I'm going to take out this instrument and conduct this test? Well, yes. Um, what we would do is we'd isolate one variable at a time. We, we would try to. Sure. First, yeah. um, as you said, thinking about the doll well what what factors can we remove to isolate that it's the doll itself 
and then see is it the doll in a certain location because as we all know in parapsychology this extrasensory um these psychokinesthetic experiences are are not are not something to take lightly but they they often come along with so many feelings and experiences you you would try to to place the doll in a in a more sterile environment and see if a person experiences that and then try to to move on to the next person try to okay exactly okay i get it yeah so we would for you know uh, take out all the other variables take this doll put it in a in a laboratory a controlled environment and then introduce mm. a person you know one uh, a person a subject and then record the observations and that's it that's really interesting that's a really good starting point because we've eliminated all this exterior stuff all this extraneous stuff and now we're just we have a good starting point uh, to base, uh, you know, tests on and, and procedures and that kind of thing. I just wanted uh, kind of a lay person's, you know, introduction to, you know, mm-hmm. or, or thought process for me. So that was. Uh, yeah, and I don't think we want to eliminate what Miss um, Eleanor said earlier about taking, we don't want to make it too sterile. We do still want to allow that subject to journal afterwards. Mm, so the scientific merit of journaling. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's something I, mm. uh, yeah, to keep in mind. Uh, the scientific merit of journaling. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know we're talking about media and, um, you know, film, TV, books and things. But before I forget, I have to ask you, Miss Eleanor Darkness, is there one particular case that you have worked on that you've been a part of that's really stuck with you? And, uh, you know, if you have to change names or uh, events to you know protect those involved, I completely understand. Or, you know, if you have to say, it, well, it's the the, the Bamityville house or something. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes, there, there is a, one particular case, and this will be my first time ever talking about it publicly. Wow. Uh, cool. there, was, there was a group of French students that were traveling to the U.S., and they were on flight 801. Um, and this one particular individual experienced their first um, their first sort of inkling towards um, paranormal premonition. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, it did not bode well for those involved in the slightest. Uh, however, there was one one girl who uh, survived uh, after it was all said and done. She she survived the incident. And uh, while she had voluntarily checked herself into a mental institution, she and I had a lot of conversations. And um, it was a very, very jarring circumstance. And I took her experience. And uh, pardon the pun, I was a ghostwriter on the uh, screenplay. Wow. Because so I, I know over- your I know your new book is an oral history of ghost encounters. I know you're talking to a lot of different individuals who have had these encounters. Is she in your new book? Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny that, but if you look at chapter 13, there might be some instances. So, yeah, Barbara, you're going to have to read that and tell me about it. Oh, you know, um, I read everything. Right. And, oh. yeah, and I'm not uh, much with the, the words, uh, you know, literally speaking. Um, so so I don't want to overstep or overstate your, your involvement, uh, Miss Eleanor Darkness, but I mean, is it uh, appropriate to say that you saved this uh, young person's life? Oh, no, she's deceased. Oh. Oh. No, no. Um, but I did have a wonderful interaction with her while she was still alive. Uh, mm-hmm. We still have the occasional conversation while um, she's crossed over on the other side, but it's more so that she can tell me about whether or not an ingredient is going to work in a new recipe. Oh, mm-hmm. how lovely. So I 
so some good did come of it. I, you know. Oh, good is everywhere that you look. You just have to be able to look past the bad. Yeah, let's talk that's, more about that. We'll we'll uh, we'll start bringing it on home here, um, because we talk about a lot of the negatives, a lot of hauntings, a lot of spooky stuff. Because that's what we like, but also there's a lot of good that comes from these things too. And so um, I'll ask you, Miss Eleanor, um, what are some of the more positive experiences you've had with spirits coming forward? Um. Aside from the paycheck, uh, there's there's, there's quite a lot. Um, For instance, I have a cat sanctuary that I'm able to um, support. And um, with the help of those cats, I am able to sort of see into other realms. um, And I help to train the cats into seeing in other realms. As we all know, with ancient Egypt, cats are very, very informative when it comes to seeing into other universes. So that answers our, uh, the question we brought up at the top of the show. You know, uh, do other animals, uh, you know, experience have the same kind of involvement experience? So that right there, cats. Um, oh, cats. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So occasional I, ferret, but mainly cats. Yeah, okay. I can see that. And, and you mentioned the paycheck. I have to, you know, I I I like to play the ponies uh, from my bunker here. Have you ever, you know, received any tips or anything from from ghosts who might have some inside knowledge or you know, um, you know, or, uh, you know, stock tips, but mostly mostly uh, horse races or gambling. Um, you know, uh, all I can uh, tell you, sir, is that Sea Biscuit was a cheater. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the one piece of information that's ever come over from the other side, other mm-hmm. than oh god, ouch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Well, I guess they will airbrush themselves. What can what can I say? Exactly, exactly. It is a pink VW. I knew it. And I wanted to ask you too the the Fredericks of Hollywood pumps. Those were the ones with the marabou. On oh, the, of course. Yeah. They match my hat the wish. Yeah, of course. Uh, those are great. It's it's girl talk. I mean, I've heard they're great. I, I believe. I bet we'll send they some are. to your bunker. You can you can try them out for a hand. So along before, with the signed autograph copy of my book, sir. Of course. Yeah, I hope there are some uh, some good recipes along with that book. I, yeah, I'm send like, us your yeah. favorite recipes too. We love to collect those along with headshots and other accoutrements that our uh, guests send us. So yes, a lot of ghost peppers. <laughs> Um, and before we wrap up and, you know, go to our reader mail, uh, one thing that I like to always ask, uh, you know, guess is for kind of, uh, common sense advice, you know, so, you know, Miss Eleanor, what, um, you know, if someone in- has an encounter or an experience, what some just simple advice, like, you know, we talk about what, have, what do you do if you get attacked by a, a lion or a bear or a tiger, you know, laying face down or shouting, uh, running you back. Say, oh my. Pardon? You say, oh my. Oh my, that's, that's oh my. the ones, that's what you do? <laughs> for lions, tigers, and bears? Oh my. Those three, yes. Okay, yes. so, but for, for ghosts, uh, more in your direction, perhaps, poltergeist, ghosts, if you have an experience, what, what would you recommend, just simple instructions for someone saying, hey man, I'm freaking out here, what would you, what would you recommend they do? Concentrate on your breathing. Make sure you have a level breath. If you're mm-hmm. withholding oxygen from the environment, the entity itself will get a little frustrated because they too need to breathe. So maintain a certain level of breath and uh, watch yourself breathing in. And other than that, think of happy places. Think of flowers. Think of cats. Think of rainbows. Um, and if you choose to engage, open yourself up. If not, think of the bright, fluffy things. 
Right. Good energy brings other good energy. That's, that's true. Okay, that's that makes this really great. Uh, and, you know, I also want to throw that to, why don't we throw that to Dr. Seymour, maybe on a more medical level, um, although breathing is pretty darn medical, but is there any additional advice, Dr. Seymour, um, you know, from a practical or a medical standpoint on what some, someone should do other than breathe? Or, I mean, that might just sum it up. I don't know. I, I do, from a medical standpoint, highly encourage everyone at all times to breathe. Mm. Mm-hmm. More good more good advice. This is simply stated. <laughs> so I want to thank uh, Dr. Eleanor Darkness for being on the show today. You, yeah, you are just an absolute angel, and we appreciate you coming on and telling us all about this world that you call medium. It was my pleasure. Farewell, my children. Oh. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. And Dr. Seymour, thanks again for joining us. Always great to be here and great to learn while I am teaching. So let's close up that. Uh, oh, yeah, let's close up the bunker. We got that all, all bunk delay there. All right. And uh, we'll take a quick final break and be right back with our listener viewer mail. say goodbye today i thought we would take an opportunity to read some more uh listener mail that we have oh i do love listener mail um before we uh move forward what is that uh, if people want to reach out we have an email address correct yes the email address is real true facts mail at gmail.com you can also follow us on instagram at real true facts gram you can send us a dm you can comment on any of the uh show info that you see we post a lot of extra goodies there so if you just can't get enough Give us a follow there and uh, let us know what you think. Okay. So uh, what do we have this week, Barbara? we got a couple messages today. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, one question here that says, when are you guys going to do an episode on aliens? <laughs> when are we, yeah, that's like asking, you know, when are you going to do an episode on humans? When aren't we going to do an episode yeah, on I, I think we've mentioned aliens in all, probably, almost, probably every episode. Because it all comes back to aliens. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's uh, part of everyday life. Yeah, like I said, you know, what, when are you going to do an episode about about air, right? you know, <laughs> the clouds? Although we probably should address that at some point. But, we probably should. We probably um, should. But yeah, okay. You know, maybe we'll look at. I think that's reasonable to maybe look at yeah. talking about the different kinds of aliens and things. They, yeah, they also said they love the Secret Society episode. Oh yeah, who? I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, so that's great. Great comment. Uh, yeah. This one says, uh, "Great show." Uh-huh. Uh, you guys are always talking about bunkers, but where are you exactly? How far ah. underground are you? Ah. Can you recommend a good bunker contractor? Oh uh, well, I you know I unfortunately uh, we I as far as my location is concerned, I cannot disclose uh, that. Uh, and I you know as far as how deep, I'll just say um, you know I'm I'm deep enough, folks. I'm <laughs> yeah. well well deep. Yeah, nice, nice try. Uh, we can't yeah. tell you where we are. That's a, for a safety thing. How far underground? As deep as we can go, baby. Um, yep. As deep as I can get. And so, then, 
Right. Ahead, bunker sorry. contractor. Uh, any good bunker, you build it yourself. So you have to do the research. You have to put the time in. You got to build it yourself. Yes, that's an that's an. I can't stress that enough. How great yeah. of a point that is. If you have someone else build your bunker, then they you know they know too much. Yeah, Although, then they you know. know. Yeah. One of the few people I trust, Dr. Seymour, I did tap into him for some advice, you know, when it came to, uh, you know, some of the math involved and structural analysis, um, you know, but even with him, I, you know, he doesn't, he's not aware of any of my final, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, my final construction, you know, any of, um, any of the final, uh, yeah, product. I got my blueprints off Reddit. Um, no one really looks at that website. So what I guess it? it's called, called, what is it called? What's the website? Called Reddit. Called? Reddit. Like it's, and it's spelled R E A D I T. Like I read that, like I read I, it. I guess. Yeah. Um, but I got my blueprints there. Um, yeah. no, no, I just, I asked cause I want to check it out. It sounds like it could be yeah. a, a good resource. Yeah, take, take a look. I thought maybe it was about the color, but no, I think you're right. It's about reading things. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and that's it for the mailbag. Just a couple things here. Um, what's this about aliens? They want, when are you guys going to do an episode on aliens? Right. Back to that. When are we going to do an episode on aliens? I think that's a perfectly good question. You know what? Uh, now is, uh, well, next week, I think yeah. is as good a time as any to just, okay. uh, just to go, uh, neck deep. Uh, in aliens, just get why don't we? Why don't we get our claws into some guys. aliens? Right. So, you know, we may we may uh, hone in on a particular type or event or something. But yeah, that's a good direction to take that. Um, you know, I'd love to be able to read all the messages we get and mm -hmm. you know go into every single question. But it's just unfortunately it's just not feasible with the, amount, no. the volume of communications we get. But that shouldn't turn you off from reaching out on the Instagrams. The, uh, the emails, uh, leave messages on our uh, YouTube. Uh, wait, we don't have a YouTube yet. Oh, yeah, it's, we're um, getting there. I mean, iTunes, uh, I leave a review and communicate there. Podbean, yeah, so we, we try and uh, have a lot of avenues for you to communicate with us. Because, Anywhere podcasts are sold. Yes, yeah, because, you know, we're spending all this time communicating with you. We want to make it a two-way street. Yeah, um, so... We will do that. And uh, so next week we'll be talking about aliens. Uh, if you have had an alien encounter, if you've seen any UFOs, any alien-y thing, mm. uh, shoot us an email, realtruefactsmail, gmail, follow us on Instagram, tell us your story. Uh, chances are we'll feature it on the episode and that will help us get uh, farther into the real truth of it all. Yeah, that's end uh, at the end of the day. That's what we're here for. It is. So thank you today and always, my dear listeners, for tuning in to Real True Facts, the Real True Podcast. Keep questioning your world because just because you hear it or read it doesn't mean it's true. We will see you next time. <laughs>